Hello and welcome to this edition of the Final Siren Podcast. Thanks to Draft Central for all your pathway-related content across Aussie rules, basketball and netball. Visit draftcentral.com.au. We're reviewing the NAB League boys round three. And to help me do that, as always, the Chief Editor of Draft Central, Peter Williams. How are you, Pete? Yeah, good to be here. Looking forward to getting into some of the boys' content from a big round. Certainly a big round, a, a draw. Uh, a couple of close mm. game, other close games, and the top of the table clash. Yes, a couple of not so close games. Yes, well, we'll <laughs> just look past them. As I also welcome the women's footy editor of Draft Central, Sophie Taylor. How are you, Sophie? I'm pretty good. It's filling with <laughs> confidence, as <laughs> always. A great welcome to the uh, to the podcast. Quick review of round three. We'll start with uh, the Eastern Rangers, who recorded their second win of the NAB League season, thrashing a winless Northern Knights by 75 points. The Rangers featured 10 individual goal kickers on their way to the 13-18-96 to 3-3-21 victory, led by Mitch Mellis, who kicked three goals and collected 29 disposals. Up in Sydney for the NAB League's edition of the Battle of the Bridge, a seven-goal-to-two third quarter from the Sydney Swans Academy set up a 59-point victory over the GWS Giants Academy. Jackson Barling was the leading possession getter for the Swans with 20 disposals, whilst teammate Braden Campbell and Harrison Parker each kicked three goals. Tom Green and Liam Delahunty featured Delahunty, sorry, featured prominently for the Giants. A dominant final term from the Gold Coast Suns Academy set up a 10-10-70 to 5-12-42 win over the Brisbane Lions Academy on sun, uh, on Saturday. The Suns Ashton Crossley and Connor Buderick were dominant in the midfield while Josh Gore kicked three majors up forward. Bruce Reville was the best for the Lions collecting 25 disposals, 8 marks and 5 tackles. The top of the table clash lived up to expectations at Trevor Barker Beach Oval on Saturday with the Sandringham Dragons defeating the Oakley Chargers by 10 points. In a contest featuring plenty of top-end talent, Oakley's Matt Rowell put his name firmly in the spotlight with 31 disposals, 11 tackles and 7 marks. And we'll go into a little more depth about him later in the podcast. The Dragons' Charlie Dean and Hugo Ralph-Smith each booting two goals. The Calder Cannons, they broke through for their first victory of the season, defeating the Western Jets by 12 points out at Rams Arena. Arena. Calder's Daniel Mott was the leading possession getter on the ground with 32 disposals, whilst for the Jets, Aaron Clark booted three goals. Up in Bendigo for the big country triple header, the Gippsland Power inflicted the Bendigo Pioneers' first loss of the season, with Fraser Phillips kicking two of his three goals in the final term to set up the 24-point victory, with his teammate Caleb Sarong gathering 23 disposals, seven clearances and two goals. Sam Conforti and Brody Kemp were impressive for the Pioneers. A goal after the siren to Dandenong's Nathan Heath sealed a draw in the second game of the triple header at Bendigo's QEO uh, over the Geelong Falcons. Kicking with the breeze in the final term, the Stingrays chased down a five-goal deficit to see the scores tied at 12-11-83 apiece. At Olympic Park's Holden Centre in Melbourne, Tasmania recorded their first victory of the season, defeating the Northern Territory Thunder Academy by 48 points, with Mitch O'Neill starring with 35 disposals for the Devils, while Stephen Cumming dominated the ruck for the Thunder with 40 hitouts. And in the final game 
of a big round three of NAB League boys action up at the QEO. The final game of the triple header, the Murray Bush Rangers outran a gallant GWV Rebels 9-15-69 to 9-8-62. Big weekend of footy, Pete. What was your highlight to come out of it? Yeah, my highlight for the uh, weekend was Lockie Ash from the Murray Bush Rangers. He uh, had a terrific uh, game uh, on the weekend, finished with the 28 touches, uh, 19 effective kicks out of 22. Overall, 89% efficiency by foot, uh, six marks, two contested, four tackles, a clearance, seven inside 50s, seven rebounds, and three score assists. He was unbelievable and... To be honest, he was a key reason why Murray uh, won the game in the end because the one of the winning goals or the second last goal, which uh, you know was marked deep by uh, Jay Hillary, uh, that was off a Lockie Ash intercept and long kick inside fifty, which was perfectly weighted as he does most of the time. So uh, he's my highlight for the week and uh, one of the top players for the whole weekend. Sophie, what was your highlight from round three of the NAB League boys? So my highlight this week was Tassie's first win of the season. Um, They had some really dominant performances up forward and they had a really great second half to really cement the victory against the NT this week. Um, Mitch O'Neill had 35 disposals and uh, out of those disposals, 21 of them were kicks. And then you look at Jackson Callow who had... um, eight marks and kicked five goals too. So some of those performances are just fantastic. Two other Tassie players kicked two goals apiece um, and it was just a really good spread from the entire team. My highlight from the weekend was the draw in the second game of the country triple header up in Bendigo because of the last passage of play. Ned Cahill across to uh, Heath in the forward line to set up that goal was just a brilliant passage of play. It was desperation right prior to the the siren, uh, resulting in the goal after the siren to to level the game up. So that was my highlight of the week. Good to see a nice close tussle up in Bendigo. And really the wind was the the one that caused the havoc uh, on the weekend, favouring the city end of the the ground. And it allowed the Dandenong Stingrays to come back from a five-goal deficit at three-quarter time. Yeah, I get the feeling. Most people at the ground, certainly myself, uh, was thinking it really depended how much Geelong could hold on by because it was a very, very strong breeze. And I would have said it was about a five-goal breeze, which in the end proved to be entirely accurate. Uh, As we know, Danny Nong had a few more chances to win. They missed a few chances in the last term, but I think both sides did throughout the contest. So uh, in the end, it probably ended up the way it was. Geelong were a little unlucky uh, not to get the points, but uh, Danny Nong crawled their way back and uh, secured another couple of points to ensure they are not, uh, you know, have it a loss yet. They're undefeated. Close games to start the oh. year for the Dandenong Stingrays. Yeah. Six-point margins in the opening two rounds and then the draw on the weekend. And as you said, Geelong still searching for their first win of the season. They were absolutely shattered uh, at the ground on Sunday afternoon. But uh, all credit to... The Dandenong Stingrays, uh, Hayden Young and Ned Cahill leading from the front in that game. Uh, Now it's time to have a chat with a player who also starred on the weekend up in Bendigo for the GWV Rebels, Jay Rantel. Pete, you saw him in action just as I did on the weekend, provided a great passage of play uh, a couple of minutes before the final siren, if you 
can mm. have a look at that because that was a sensational bit of play. Yeah, it really was. He is, uh, you know, the Murray had finally sort of gotten in front and it was time for GWV to do something. They needed someone and Rantel won the, uh, I guess the hit out came down. He won the ball, sprinted away from his opponent and just had a low bullet into the forward 50 where it was marked uh, by a teammate. Unfortunately, the shot was missed. Uh, but the passage of play was certainly one that would be on a highlight reel anywhere. So uh, he had a really terrific game, had 31 disposals, uh, 14 touches in that second quarter, which was terrific. And overall, he kicked a couple of goals, both sort of, I guess, uh, genius snaps just around the body and creating something out of nothing and, and really got around. It certainly best on uh, for me, along with Lockie Ash. So he was uh, terrific for the Rebels. Let's uh, hear from you now, Jay Rantel from the Rebels, speaking with Michael Lavaro. All right, so I'm here with Jay Rantel of the GWV Rebels. Um, I hear you're a national basketballer. Um, yeah, that was true. Last year, um, I was fortunate enough to represent Australia at the Asia qualifiers as well as the Under-17 World Champs, which was a great experience. And um, grateful for for the rest of my life. So. Yeah, and um, sort of, how do you think those skills transfer over to football now? What sort of player do you see yourself being? Um, definitely decision making and being poised. Yeah. Um, I still need to improve the the skills of the game, and but sort of the fitness level of being at a high elite level, as well as the decision making and being poised around stoppages and around the ground, also comes in handy as well. Yeah. And what position are you looking to, to sort of be employed in at at the moment? Um. Well, I haven't really played that many games at the moment, but I sort of played most of my games through the middle or across the halfback, but maybe through the middle, but you might maybe around everywhere. I'm not really sure at the moment. In terms of your strengths in the testing here, what have you been sort of going well at today? Um, well, I'm not average in everything so far, but hopefully I have a decent yo-yo later on today. Yeah, and in terms of footy, have you did you play much sort of as a kid? Um, or? I've played my whole life, but it's been interrupted with basketball, so it's always just been there but it hasn't been a priority. So I sort of have a swing this year and focus on the footy and just put basketball aside for a year and yeah, see what uh, happens. Yeah, sure. And so, um, well, hopefully it works out for you, but uh, you're looking to get back into basketball at all at some stage? No, I appreciate it. Um, well, at the moment, I'm uh, I was set on uh, footy, but yeah, if things don't work out, I've got hopefully got some... Uh, in the background, got some basketball and whatnot, but yeah, so just set on footy at the moment. And how's it been sort of coming into a professional, uh, elite level junior environment? What's the sort of um, coaching and the camaraderie with the boys been like? Um, it's good. So I, I sort of had the sort of background coming from basketball of what expectation and what high performance and elite is. So I've had a little bit of taste in that, but just the footy environment's just real good and the coaches mm. here are just amazing. So Sweet. yeah. All right, easy done, mate. Draft Central's Michael Lavaro there speaking with the Greater Western Victoria Rebels, Jay Rantel, here on the final Siren podcast. Thanks to Draft Central. And a reminder to check out afl.draftcentral.com.au for all the reviews, scouting notes, player profiles and previews of the Nabla girls and boys. Some of the other players that impressed across the weekend, we just heard from Jay Rantel. He was a star on the weekend for the Rebels. But who else caught your eye, Pete? Yeah, we've uh, the player of the week this week was Matty Rowell uh, from Oakley. Potential number one pick and probably my uh, number one pick at this stage, although that obviously changes in quite a competitive year at the top end. 
Uh, Matty Rowell had the 31 disposals, 13 of them kicks, 7 marks, 1 contested. 19 of his possessions were contested. He won a lot on the inside. Led 11 tackles, 8 clearances, 4 inside 50s and 3 rebounds. He just keeps winning the ball, gets around. He's a no-fuss footballer and he's just a natural footballer, which is great to see. He's got some good athletic traits, but more than anything... He, he's a natural footballer, and I, I think we all love that when we uh, we go to the footy and we actually see someone who's sort of been playing throughout the years, and you can just see they just instinctively win the footy. How much is he like Sam Walsh? He is a bit. He's uh, he's uh, got quite a few similar traits. He's very consistent, I think, is the, the closest trait. Probably doesn't catch the eye as much as Walsh. Uh, Raoul just does everything right. Walsh is more of your eye-catching type mid, but then, again, uh, Rao's in a team where there's plenty of others who stand up as well, and he's the guy that you can always rely on. He never plays a bad game. Um, some of the others, I guess, have unbelievable ceilings, if you like, uh, where he's probably, he's still got a high ceiling, but his floor, as they say, for the opposite, is not very low. He's, uh, You know he's going to be a good player. He'll just slot straight into AFL level. And it's funny how last week we were talking about potentially Noah Anderson's mm. gone ahead of him. Well, he just wanted to turn that around, didn't he, with his performance on the weekend yeah. against the top side of the competition mm. too. So just to keep that in your, your little book that he put in that performance against the Sandringham Dragons. Who else was uh, on your binoculars on the weekend? Yeah, well, we've spoken about a couple of them already. Jay Rantel, as we mentioned, had the 31 touches, uh, five clearances, four inside 50s, two rebounds, two goals. Uh, Lockie Ash uh, mentioned him as well. He was terrific. Uh, we won't go through all his stats again, but he um, just keeps performing. He's another potential top 10 pick. Uh, Mitch O'Neill was another one. You know, had the 35 touches and, and really stood up tall. He was great in Tasmania's game against Northern Territory. Uh, continually just wins the ball. Uh, along with his uh, 35 touches, he had the three marks, four clearances, nine inside 50s and three rebounds. So he's another one to watch. And they were sort of four of the real standouts on the weekend that uh, caught my eye. Now going to have our second chat with the Western Jets' Emerson Jecker. What can you tell us about him, Pete? Yeah, he's a key position player, can play at either end, mostly plays down forward, but has amazing athletic capabilities, very... uh, uh, I guess, quick for someone of his size. Most importantly, he's got uh, great kicking skills. He's one of the better kickers in the competition for his size. Uh, just needs to work on a bit of consistency, which he mentions in the following interview from the NAB League testing day with Michael Alvaro. So, Emerson, um, obviously testing day today. Yeah. Been through a couple of them. Yeah, been through um, You know, how is it? How do you feel you've gone today? Um, personally, yeah, pretty good. Um, yeah, got some PBs, which is uh, always good. Um, and just from behalf of the, uh, the Jets boys, I reckon we've done pretty well. Um, yeah, just one kid broke the record, uh, Harrison White, uh, 7.6, yep. which is yeah, really good. In the so, agility there? Yeah, in the agility, which is yeah, awesome yeah, for the club and for himself. Yeah, anything you're looking to improve on coming into this? Um, yeah, probably the yo-yo. Um, didn't do too well last year. Um, yeah, in the off-season, did a bit of running. So, yeah, hopefully get a yeah, good time uh, this time around. And obviously, as a key forward, you'd have um, pretty obvious strengths. But what do you see as your strongest points on the field at the moment? Uh, probably skills. Uh, skills for a big man. Um, can kick both sides of the body, which is good. Um, and probably marking, yeah. 
probably one of my yeah, strongest, yeah, sweet. strongest assets. Um, in terms of on the field as well, are there any goals you're looking to tick off throughout the year? Um, probably just being a bit more consistent throughout games. Um, yeah, a bit of on, on and off last year. Um, yeah, so just looking to yeah, be consistent and um, yeah, just that work rate and yeah, effort between games. Yeah, so and obviously as a rookie me academy product, yeah, um, yeah, you're all... quite close uh, with that see things like that. Yeah. Um, how how has the program sort of helped you with your development and coming to the elite program at yeah. the Jets? Yeah, heaps from a young age. Um, yeah, just with skills um, on and off on and off the field as well. Um, and having the support with Robbie Campbell um, and Adam, uh, yeah, it was really good and uh, helped me yeah, for, for the long run. Yeah, sweet. And um, I guess sort of in terms of your teammates, is there anyone you're looking forward to playing with um, especially? I played with a couple last year, but uh, Josh Honey, yeah, he's a bit of a, yeah, he chirps a lot. Yep. He's a bit of a chirper um, and he loves himself. So, yeah, I want to see how, see how he goes. Yeah, easy done. All right, yeah, that's all I've got, mate. The Western Jets, Emerson Jecker there speaking with Michael Avaro from Draft Central here on the Final Siren podcast. Check out afl.draftcentral.com.au. Time to preview round four of the NAB League. Boys, it's not as big of a round courtesy of buys for all the Victorian country sides. So there's only six games this weekend, two on Saturday, the Northern Knights and GWS Giants at Trevor Barker Beach Oval. That match will be followed at 1.15 by the Sandringham Dragons and Sydney Swans Academy. It's the first time that the Interstate Academy sides mm. will be facing Victorian sides. So a little bit of history this weekend mm. in the NAB League boys competition. On Sunday, up in Southport at 10.45, we have the Gold Coast Suns taking on the Oakley Chargers. And uh, down in Tassie, first time that the NAB League ventures down there this season, the Devils are taking on the Calder Cannons at midday, which we've earmarked as a game to keep a close eye on. And we should preface this round by saying that the Victorian sides could be missing a little bit of talent courtesy of the trial match this weekend. Yeah, they've got some trial matches on for Vic Metro, Vic Country. Uh, Obviously, all the country teams have buys. Uh, the Metro teams are all playing the Interstate Academies in Tasmania. So uh, it's going to be interesting to see how those teams cope without some of their top players. Uh, Calder uh, haven't had the best season, let's be honest, but they did have a win on the weekend, uh, knocking off the Western Jets. So, look, Tasmania had their first win as well. They've only played the two games. Uh, but, you know, they're, they're probably favourites potentially here, back at home at Penguin Oval. In saying that, I will be going for Calder because I just think that, you know, they're sort of a, a bit more used to the competition, I guess you'd say. They're, uh, they've been playing together a bit longer. They've sort of got used to, I guess, the few rounds so far, and I think Calder will uh, get the job done in a fairly close one. I'm also going to go for Calder. Um, Tazzy put on a really good game last week, but, yeah, I think Calder have the jump this time. I'm going to go the opposite way. Um, I think the Tassie Devils, I know we probably don't agree with this point, but they impressed me in the second half that I saw them live up in Sydney a couple of weeks ago. Just the way that they came in, like they didn't start that game well at all, uh, but they finished very strongly. Looks like they took a little bit more out of that against the Northern Territory on the weekend. I've got a big question mark over Calder. I know they had a victory on the weekend, but after seeing them in the opening round, there was no real pressure that they put on 
uh, their opponents, the Dragons, on that day. Um, I'm a little bit worried for them at the moment. Mm, yeah, look, I, I don't expect uh, either of these sides will be challenging come finals end, especially with the depth that some of the other teams have. Um, and I think being in Tasmania certainly helps the Devils. Um, and I wouldn't be totally shocked if they did win. I just think Calder will earmark this as a game that they can certainly win this year and, and hopefully go on with bigger and better things uh, after the win against Western. Also on Sunday in the second game up at Southport, we have the Brisbane Lions taking on the Eastern Rangers. In the final game of the round at Downer over Williamstown on Sunday, we have the Western Jets taking on the Northern Territory Thunder. The other game that I'll be uh, interested in watching is how the Eastern Rangers go against uh, the Brisbane Lions. Travelling interstate, uh, first time for, mm. for those young kids to travel interstate to play footy against the Lions side who are coming off a pretty poor performance against mm. the Suns. Yeah, Eastern for me, pretty comfortably, I think, in the end. Um, look, I, I think Brisbane have a few good uh, talents in that side and Eastern will be missing a few, but I just think... They're a really good team this year, Eastern, like in the sense that they may not have the stars that your Sandy or Oakleys have, but I think that they've got a really good team cohesion. And we saw that in the first round against Oakley. They're able to compete and just keep competing. And they got through and they've won the last couple and I think they'll win three in a row now. Um, it's shocking, but I'm also going to go Eastern. Um it, no, it's not shocking because I don't think Eastern can do it. It's shocking because I don't normally go with what Pete says. <laughs> so thanks, I'm just thanks for clearing switching that up. it up this week. <laughs> um, now, obviously, with the trial games, gives an opportunity for some of the more underrated players of the competition to come to the fore. Is there anyone that we should be keeping an eye on this weekend? Yeah, well, I mean, it, it really depends who makes the trial squads. That's my issue. I don't want to say someone it, will... It does make it a little difficult. Yeah, to, I don't, I don't want to sort of say someone, then they make it, or then assume they're going to make the trial squad and then they don't make it. But uh, it, it will be interesting. Look, there's a few that I think, if I speak from the point of view, that I think will push into that squad, although the likes of Jay Rantel, who I think earned his spot in that uh, trial squad now, uh, and they have the buys, of course, the country team. So he's really stepped up. Um, I'm interested to see how Ned Cahill goes. Uh, he'll be another one that'll be in there. Mitch Martin for another one for the Rebels. Uh, yeah, there's quite a few through that country team that have surprised. I thought Metro might be a lot stronger. But certainly this year, I think that um, they're going to do that. But for one that I think will uh, certainly book his Metro squad after not originally being in the AFL Academy uh, is Mitch Mellis, who's had a terrific start to the season. And I think he's one to watch throughout the year. And even if he missed out on Vic Metro, I think he's going to be one that has a really consistent year and could prove some people wrong. That match is on Saturday at Icon Park, I believe, as well. Mm. Not sure if you've got the time for that as We'll just yet. wait and confirm... Before yep. we uh, announce, but yep. So keep an eye mm. on uh, the Draft Central social media channels, which are, Pete? Yep, it's Draft Central Oz at Facebook, Twitter and Instagram. So Draft Central AUS uh, for all the latest content. And a reminder to check out afl.draftcentral.com.au for all the previews ahead of this weekend and in-depth look at all the match results and player performances as well across both NAB League boys and girls in 2019, afl.draftcentral.com.au. Have a good week, Sophie.
Well done. Pete? <laughs> yeah, looking forward to another great weekend of action. I'm Matthew Cox. Thank you very much for your company here on the Final Siren podcast. Thanks to Draft Central. We'll see you next time.